guys? Welcome back to the Running and Gunning Podcast with your hosts, Justin Sinan and Logan Sanburn. Pumped to talk with you all tonight. We, uh, we got a good guest here for Shed Hunting Tactics and uh, very knowledgeable guy, Austin Summers from Nebraska. How you doing, Austin? Not too bad. Not too bad. It's cold. Oh, yeah. Well, I appreciate you joining <laughs> us tonight, man. I know it's, uh, you said uh, you're, you had an ice storm. You're a little, little late joining us. It's pretty bad weather there tonight. Yeah, it was uh, kind of random. It was like 60 degrees the other day, and then all of a sudden now it's like negative 9 and snowing and ice <laughs> rain. So I don't know what to make of it. It sucks because now I can't pick up as many antlers. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, dude. The weather's like freaking 70 one day and 30 the next and raining, sunny. I, it, I don't know. The weather, don't know what it wants to do, but. Dude, uh, why don't you introduce yourself uh, for those guys that might not know you. Um, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, Well, I'm from Nebraska. I did live in Illinois for a few years, and I guess you want to hear like about how long I've really been in serious into deer hunting. or Yeah, or yeah just like that. Yeah. Um, right around like 2016 to 17. I've always deer hunted my whole life, but like um 2016 to 17 i started really getting into it with my brother and i we uh when i lived in i moved back to illinois and we needed something more to do and i was like dude let's get some bows let's start let's start getting serious into this hunting and that's kind of where it started and it just spiraled from there i we started chasing we had no idea what we were doing (laughs) and we started we started getting into it and diving in and, and trying to figure it out the first year was a sham but hell the first year i ended up shooting the biggest year i've ever shot in illinois i uh i shot one small buck and then the next one after that set the bar for the turn of events we started like diving in on videos youtubes and all that stuff and doing a bunch of crazy scouting and then we started shed trying to shed hunt didn't do too hot the first year and uh we just kept going from there and then now it's kind of been my brother and i's thing we just started going crazy. I've met some crazy people, crazy awesome people along the way. And, uh, heck, I don't even know. It just never stopped from there. It was supposed to just be like kind of a weekend thing and, and, uh, it turned into a lifestyle. Yeah. It, it, uh, it, it definitely grabbed me and hooked and sunk the hooks in. That's for sure. Yeah. And, uh, you're, you're actually on the lone wolf staff too, right? You, uh, you've been, you've been with, uh, are you're on whitetail addictions, right? Yeah, yep. For um, uh, quite a few years, I'm not. I actually couldn't tell you how. It's not like a lot, but it's been like three or three years or so. Yeah, I think. I know. I feel like you've been been there since I've been there. I've been there for like three years now. So that sounds about right. Three or four yeah. years. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's awesome. And now uh, you guys have kind of gotten together. You're doing. You're part of Film the Outdoors um, with Tyler and. Uh, all the all them guys like the uh i like the content you guys are putting out man it's pretty sweet thank you i appreciate that a lot of the a lot of it's is is connor and the other guys i mean they're really they're really crafty with that stuff i'm i'm uh i'm not so much i i can definitely get some content but they're the ones that do a really good job of putting it together i got you sweet dude well let's dive into this man i got a i got a list of questions here for you for our guests i think uh you you're a, a very good shed hunter i'll i'll uh give my hat off to you i know um i don't know what's your what's your average number you find a year i don't know if you're gonna be ready for that one 
Um, oh, yeah. Average per 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 year, like let's say just the last four years, my average has been 90 sheds. 92. Our best year was three years ago, which was 165. Holy shit. Good and Lord, dude. That yeah, I was 165 not was off that. three properties. That was Damn. between three properties. Seriously? Yep. Yeah. Uh, and they were. What, it told those what's three the prop- total acreage? That's what I was just. The total acreage is was about less than a thousand, somewhere between those three properties, like eight, eight and a quarter, to like nine, roughly. That's wild, man. Yeah. I just walked. Uh, I mean, I've been walking my <laughs> ass off. It's not easy around here in Kentucky. I'll just say that. It's. I don't know why, but I mean, the concentration of deer is not, and the deer numbers is not near the same it was like when i originally lived in maryland and i moved out here a few years ago and in maryland like i had a couple years where i found like 60 or 70 and i was doing a lot of walking i know you're doing a lot of walking too um but we had a higher concentration of deer and like i've told people you know some of my newer buddies i've made here they're like oh well you know how how many sheds did you find i'm like dude like i think my best here in kentucky is like 15 which is which is super sad going from like finding numbers of sheds to to not but um yeah don't judge me okay no you're no judgment <laughs> here no judgment here at all uh, at all because I mean it's 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 an easy thing to do really but it's at the same time if you ain't got this if if the deer ain't there you can't pick them up you know what I mean and and if yeah absolutely it's not even if they're not there but it's it's like in those in those areas like what i've shed hunted areas like that like ohio indiana illinois it it's i have to flip a whole different script versus how i do it out here and a little more central or a little more western is because they the deer move different in the hills they move different in that thicker that thicker cover out that way so it's you gotta it's it's a big difference you know i could still we could still pick up numbers but the problem is 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 you got to change the way you're hitting them like it's versus how I would hit them here in Nebraska is completely different how I hit it in Illinois. Yeah. I think that's kind of what I'm going through is like having to shift my tactics a little bit, but for another thing, it's just like, I'm, you know, coming to an area and not having history. It's like, I feel like back in, in Maryland, like I was like, all right, well, here's like a whole list of spots I'm going to hit. And it was like, just go from there. And now I'm like, I guess I, I would say I'm more of a scouter than a shed hunter. I'd go and scout and just, you know, try to mark pins on a map and, and try and put my put myself in places where, like, I haven't been before and just go from there, and then I use it for deer season. So, but sometimes you find them, sometimes you don't. But So, when you started getting really serious into it um, and it got you hooked, how did you, what did you do to learn, like, to go from basically, like, not shed hunting at all to – you know, picking up 165 sheds in a year. Mapping, mapping, and a, and so much glassing. Um, basically, like so from our area, I cover. Like I, I go between four to five different counties, which sounds like a lot, but it's not really because like, between like, the first three counties are all, like, kissing each other. I mean, you could you can drive five to ten minutes and you're in the next county five to 10 to 15 minutes and you're in the next county and then you can drive you know 30 minutes and you're out of that county to the next one but a a lot of it is is i just do a lot of glass and come later in the season and i i like to it's 
I like to see where they're wintering, more or less. You know, like I can see a thousand deer out in the field, but I'll tell you this: I I have very seldomly ever found antlers in a field. I've found yeah. probably ten to fifteen antlers total over the course of the last few years in a field. Like I've I've found them on the edges, but all everything I find is on the transitions between, like the bedding and the food. But anywho. What what took me to get serious was when I went out and we started actually learning. Was it was like you said? I started off scouting, doing a lot more scouting, and then as my scouting got better, I started running into antlers. And I was like, "Oh, this is cool! You know, here's an antler, here's an antler." And then we got on this property down here in in Platt, and when we got on this property, nobody had been on it. Nobody, the guy never lets anybody in there, and. I went, we, my, my buddy and I had went in there and that first day in there, we pulled almost 47 sheds and Damn, a quarter, really? and a qu- yeah, and a, and a quarter of them were all, actually, I'm sorry, not even a quarter. I'd say probably 50% of them were all old sheds and that was just in a couple hours. And then we had some fresh sheds. So then we're like, damn, this is like, this is bad. Like nobody's in there, obviously, no. right? No. Do you remember what the date was on that? Uh, shoot. I could look. February, I, March. It would have been. I want to say it was like, it was just before turkey season, so it would have been probably between March. Maybe April. Mar. Eh, it'd probably been between March sixth and March like sixteenth, probably somewhere in that time okay. frame. It was nice. It was before green up because our turkey opens like the thirty first, and so it would have been just before green up, and we had some warmer weather, and there was no snow, so you could see open cover. You could still see good beds and everything. And we'd went in there that day. Well, that same property we were able to hit for like the next couple of years. And we had pulled, we were matching up sets that were three to four years old. Like I match, I have some antlers of almost probably a four to five year history of a deer. I don't even know who he is, but we've got his sets from, you know, being a one, two year old roughly till he was probably five or six. And I've actually got them on my display because they're some of the most unique sheds that were chalkies I found. And then I've got some of their fresh antlers, and then I got a deadhead. Actually, it was a backyard buck, as is what we called him, and he ended up dying. Or I had no history with him, but he, we ended up finding him smashed on a log. Uh, like a, I'm assuming a storm must have fell on him and landed on him, and I found him like oh, a man. couple hundred yards in the trees. Yeah. That's Damn, that's wild, man. It is really cool. I've actually I've only done that with like one buck, I would say, and like I had consecutive. I had three sheds from him. I found one chalky and then a fresh one. And then the next year I found a fresh one. And dude, the funniest thing was it was always right side. So like you lay them all out and it's like this, he's in like a giant, but he had this super long main beam and it's just cool to see his progression. And I don't know. I, I'm like an antler nerd. I, you know, I know you, you can like relate. It's like, there's nothing cooler than finding like a good fresh shed. Like it just came off. I mean, it's it's just something something cool about it. I don't know. It just just it's, a, a, it's an addiction. I think anybody uh, that's a, a you know a dedicated shed hunter can agree with that. It, it definitely gets addicting. The more and the more you do it, and the better you get at it. Absolutely. I've never had a. I've you could ask me to go walk two miles right now down the street for no reason. I'd be like, man, I don't know. I ain't really feeling it. But I tell you what, you throw me in the woods and tell me to walk. 25 miles just to find one antler and i'm like a kid in a candy shop 
I will forget <laughs> about all the pain, all the blisters and wet feet. When I find that one antler, it's like I just was reborn. I don't even care. Yeah. I, I, I generally, to be blatantly honest, I like shed hunting almost more than I like deer hunting. Like I, yeah. I, I love killing. I love hunting. But if I could shoot him, take a picture, and let him go, I would. Um, yeah, and that's <laughs> dude. That's really you know what? That's super solid because it, it's almost like that. Like I have friends uh, that are way better shed hunters than me, and I would say like for them, like they've almost turned into better shed hunters than they are deer hunters, and they've gotten more addicted and they look forward to shed hunting almost like more than deer hunting. And I'm like, dude, like screw that. I want to kill that deer. I mean, at the end of the day, I love finding sheds, but I'd rather kill him. I mean, Oh yeah. That's well, what thrives me is I I like to build the history with them. So if I, if I was on my phone, I would show you, but, um, a lot of the antlers I have and a lot of this, I actually, I don't know how they'd ever die, but I have years of multiple of the same deer in my house. Like of a lot of antlers I get, I can pull them all out and we can match up multiple of the same deer's year, you know, same deer's antlers for a couple years. And then when yeah. they die off, I'll do the same for the next one. But I don't know why these deer never get killed. And a lot of these deer, minus some of the private ground I have now, are all public deer. Like that, I have a, well, he's dead now. He was the old man. When Molly and I first start, found this property and we first started like checking it out, I was just checking it for sheds. I didn't really want to hunt it. Well, we started pulling some serious like sized antlers off there. Well, ended up being we ended up matching up almost six years of one deer's antlers that were old and just in there. And then when I started deer hunting, and I found some more. Then I found that deer's antlers the year I started hunting it. We called him the old man. He was just a scrubby eight, never was more than one forty. He's dead now. My one of my really good friends actually shot him. I tried my damnedest to kill him this year. My That's first cool. year actually trying to get him, but. But he ended up being almost 12 years old, so we weren't missing too many wow. of his antlers. Yeah, Dang, and then that's crazy, man. There's a lot of old deer on this property. I don't know why they make it. We're boxed in by some of the most heavily pressured public and rifle rifle ground I can put my thumb on, and every year I I, I pull more sheds off the pieces of public ground that I hit than anybody I know. Like I got buddies that have shed hunted these grounds years before I have, and they pull between three to six you know maybe 10 and i'll go in and pull 20 plus <laughs> i don't know why i don't know how so are you you said you're finding these in transitions between the bedding and food yeah so like a lot of like prime example of the piece i'm talking about right now it doesn't really have much for food it has natural um forage or like foliage i can't ever say it right it's a lot of natural browse but a lot of that food is you just like there's three sections that border that river and you like they'll rotate between those food sources and then they'll come in on different pockets into this into this property that uh what am i trying to say so where they come from like across the river they'll transition through this it's just a big island you could say and we'll catch them on that crp transition like in the seahorse grass or a lot of it in like the cedars. The Nebraska doesn't have a lot of timber. When we get cedars or we get big CRP and seahorse grass, you could have a heyday. I mean, if you've got food 200 yards on the other side of the river or on your side of the river, 
and you've got seahorse and cedar, I will promise you there is more antlers in there than you think. But you you can walk it a hundred times the same way and pick up one antler. But if you curve it and you go to, you know, you just zigzag or you hit it on the right day with the right sun, you'll you'll see you walked over 10 to 15 antlers sometimes like that are in them fields. And you could come back the next day, then there wasn't an antler there and it'll be right there because a vermin drug it out or something. But that that seahorse grass and them transition areas between the rivers and the food around here is, is our best spots. I, I very seldomly find them in the fields at all. Like it's it's downed logs, CRP, cedar rose, and just isolated cat, like swamps, cattail swamps. Like I'll find them, we'll find them on the edges of the creeks. And a lot of them are all logs and CRP grass. I'll find more sheds out in the wide open that, I, that I've found anywhere. It That's makes wild, no, man. It's, it's weird. I don't find many in the trees, if that makes sense to you. Like I find them in, I'll find them in beds. I'll find them in rubs. I'll find them under trees, like down trees, like where they're boxed in with like scrub trees. Like they'll bed right up into like yeah. a down tree. Yeah. Yes, yeah, just like that. They'll tuck in, and you'll see you'll see their cover. They've got wind to their face. You know, you'll see their wind and how they're positioning, and then they'll you'll see their rubs in that little bed, and then either in that bed or coming out of that bed to exit you'll find that's usually where i'll find them in all them down trees a lot of them are down tree bedding areas where there's like you know 15 to 20 does bedding there and then all these bucks are bedding in them satellites i will find a lot of them in all those satellite beds around there or in the transitions between those beddings and the open fields is where a lot of it is around at least around here you know yeah is it like relatively flat where you're at yes yeah, for the most okay. part. I mean, we got hills, but where I'm where I'm doing all my shedding, our deer here, you'll find a couple of sheds in the hills during this time, like when it comes that time. But almost all of our herds come to the river during this time of the year. Like they'll you'll a lot of your deer will be traveling five to six miles in the hills, and you'll find sheds in the hills. I find them every year, but your density all they all leave and come down from them hills and stay to the bottom because. A big chunk of the food and the best bedding is all in these river bottoms. In those bottoms, yeah. That's where all the CRP grass is. Most it's all cattle graze around here in the hills, so they kind of tend to veer from that during this time of the year. So, I mean, when you're going out, I mean, are you for your method, I heard you mention, like, you're zigzagging. Or, you know, for me, I like to try and do, like, a little bit of grid searching. And, I mean, is, like... When you're saying zigzagging, I mean, are you marking your, like, paces on, like, Onyx and you're, like, looking at it like, all right, well, I just walked all this. Let me just go check this area since it's, like, real flat like that. So, yeah, basically, yes. So, I I peg it out. So, like, I break it into sections. I'll I'll, I'll pick my least likely areas. I'll always have sheds and knock them out first. And I'll come in. I'll mark. I'll start it on the map. I'll run it on two different maps, like. I'll run one tracker on on X and then I'll run another one. I think it's like Huntwise or I think that's what it's called or something like. Maybe it's not Huntwise. It's it's one of them maps. It's got like an orange icon. But anyway, I'll run two of them because one of them will give me a more accurate reading, and I'll box it in. I'll run the perimeter and then I'll start cutting across it and I just zigzag all the way until I almost fill that whole circle in. But then I'll okay. I'll run it back and once it's filled in and I'll kind of just 
cut across it as I do, but I don't I don't go fast though. I mean, my average is like a mile to 1.2 miles an hour, I guess walking. That you know, that's pretty interesting you said that cuz I've I've been mapping all my stuff this year and I'm averaging like 1 mile an hour like that's, and I'm it's uh, cuz I mean, like I feel like you know, I'll walk at a steady pace to get to where I'm going and then once I get there I'm really slow. And it's like I guess the average is one mile an hour, but it, it was funny because I almost like talk crap to a buddy of mine. I'm like one mile. Oh, I covered three miles in three hours. I'm like, what the hell? Like you, that that's all you covered? And then I'm like, I do the same thing. So I don't know why I even said anything about it. But right, and that I mean, it, it just takes that average. But that one mile yeah. an hour is is um, it's it's like picture perfect. But a good you can do good at like a 1.7 cuz like when yeah. i got my like i did in like four four and a half or five and a half hours i did 11.5 miles and i was okay. kind of chugging along but i was a lot of that was when i picked up speed crossing the sandbars like where i wasn't you know i you weren't really looking yeah, yeah i was just trying to hurry up and get the hell across it so i could find right. more antlers you know yeah but if you you could go fast. I mean, I can go 60 mile an hour down the highway and I'll walk up the brakes and pick up a shed. Right. So, but when I'm walking through the woods, I'm not just picking up sheds. I'm, I'm still scouting deer, you know, you're being more methodical. Yeah. And so it's, it pays to be more analytic and slower and pay attention to the details of, of where you're picking them up at, because some of them are historical. You'll pick up sheds year after year there, or if your crops change, you know your land changes yeah. they make timber cuts and stuff they'll change those core areas you know their wintering areas and stuff i was really interested to ask you that man like uh how many times you know like we know good buck bedding and good locations like a buck's gonna bed in that same area or even if he gets killed like another buck will pick it up have you found like over the years like you'll have consistent spots you're like all right well i know there's a bed like up here and i'm gonna like check that spot i mean yeah uh, yeah. Not all the time, not not all the time, but like I have situational. Yeah, like like this main property I'll talk about again, the same one I, I was talking about earlier, for almost three years in a row, back to back spots. I was finding sheds from either the same deer, or the other deer that were there in that spot, and they were kind of swapped around or within you know, a couple hundred yards of each other. This year we had timber clearage. And they were cleaning up off the edges of the river and cleaning out some trails and stuff. And we had a crop switch on about a mile and a half over. They put in sorghum and alfalfa. And then across the river, they put in like almost 150 acres of corn. So I knew that was going to be a game changer, not only for the hunting, but for shedding. Well, mm -hmm. I found out hard this whole season. It, it fucked me all season. Like it just changed everything. All the shit I thought I knew. Nah, I didn't know a damn thing. Like, even now, all the spots I picked up sheds from years prior, dead. Not a single really? bone yeah. in any of them. All the sheds I found on this property this year were in the spots that there's never been anything. Like, there's barely ever been sign. There's barely been rubs, barely been traffic coming through it. And now it did a complete flop where it's all moved up front closer. And all those main spots that were on the river, they changed. They're not there, but why? because they're they're accessing different food sources now because the ones that were they were more likely to take and that were easier for them those are gone and those are something different 
So now they're like, well, we're going to go a mile and a half over here and go hit this sorghum and this alfalfa. And then we're not trying to cross the river over here. So we're going to cut across the canal and go up the hills here. And that's what they did. It was all when when I picked up the first bone on each side of the property that told me where their food source was. I mean, it could have just been a random fluke, but it wasn't because once I picked up those and I mapped it back out to where I think they were chowing, I boxed in that area and started doing grid searches in like a perimeter in the circles until I picked up a handful of sheds. And when I picked up that handful, then I knew that this is, I can basically eliminate the whole other side of the property because there's just no, I mean, I'll still check it, but that's not where I need to key in on. Like the, where I need right. to key in on now is where I've picked up a majority of these because this is going to be their in and out routes. I got you. That's that's pretty sweet, man. I mean, it's I feel like around here the crop rotations have kind of messed with me a little bit uh, this year versus last year at like the one farm that I got. Um, the bedding's just kind of switched up to a totally different area from what I've noticed. Like just picking up on like buck beds and stuff like that. Um, I mean, there's some that are in the same areas, but it's just interesting, like to hear that, like from you. I mean. And we're totally talking about different areas, and I know, like, it's all a situational thing, but I would say, you know, you just got to pay attention to it, and like like you said, it, it just takes more uh, more thought into, like, what you're trying to accomplish. Like, okay, well, if I got a different food source here and there, then that's where you're going to start at, is the food, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll always start where the food is, but... I generally, I mean, I'll always check the fields, but I always go straight to the bed, like where I, because at least around here and how I've noticed in Illinois is you'll find your deer within two to 400 yards of their food. Generally speaking, at least around here on our river bottoms, they'll be within, you know, two to 400 yards of that food. So I'll hit the fields, check them obviously just on the edges because I'm kind of lazy when it comes to fields. But then I'll jump straight into the closest grass field I can find that's within eyesight, and I'll just hammer that thing out. And that's okay. how it is. It, like with here in Illinois, but in Illinois, I'll head straight to the thickets because I have better luck picking up bones in Illinois in thickets and okay. than I do in grass. It's kind of weird. I don't know. I no, imagine that would kind of be how it is for your area. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, our woods are – I mean, for you, Logan, like where you're at, are, are your woods super thick? Yeah. It's, yeah. You should see uh, my legs and stuff right now from when I went out the other day. I'm pretty torn up. Briar. I mean, it's yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I was hit. I was hitting them hard, um, and it's yeah. I mean, like in the you know early part of the season, you know, you can probably see like. 30 yards and you're not making a shot over that because it's so thick yeah it makes yeah. it a little tougher i would say i mean we have a lot of like open terrain around here and i feel like the deer just freaking go wherever the hell they want to man like it there's just nothing consistent about these deer i mean maybe in some properties like where nobody you know pesters them or anything but i don't know i haven't figured it out yet and I won't, I'm not going to act like I know what's up because I obviously don't. <laughs> Shit, but, I'll be honest. I don't know either. I'm just yeah. – I'm winging it nine times out of ten, and I I, I get lucky because I, I feel like I'm pretty pretty fortunate 
and the, which I don't know why, because the area I'm in has more pressure and more people and more farmers that think they need to be in there all goddamn day and doing stuff that's pointless than I can think of. And for some reason, we're able to get a consistent pat not a pattern, but just a, a consistent kind of like functioning of these deer like they're for some odd reason as much as they're spooked and running around and, and pushed all over the place there's still some consistency to them yeah and and i like in your area you is yours mostly flat or is it kind of like have some good terrain features to it around man you it's so weird where i'm literally like on the curve of it like you can go 10 minutes one way and it's flat as can be and you can go 10 minutes the other way and it's nothing but giant hill country and rock ledges and nasty shit i mean it is just it's wild and the hardest thing for me the flat country is all leased out like it's you know the prime real estate for guides and you know outfits and stuff like that so you know not only that you've got all these other people everybody hunts around here so it's a little bit more challenging to uh get access on some of these farms and a lot of the farms here are huge so I kind of, I'm kind of limited to the public and the public's a lot more narrow and maybe that's, you know, talking to you, this kind of like interesting. Maybe I just need to find a bigger chunk of public so I can cover more good ground versus being pigeonholed into small public pieces, you know, that I have been using. Dude, my, my method from in state to out of state of what I find is I'm a, I'm a river bottom guy. So like the way Mm -hmm. I see it is, is. Like you said, hill deer are so goddamn unpredictable. They're, I mean, you could, they're predictable in a sense, but like they're they're more wild than what I think our flat bottom river or river river edge deer are. And I can I can bankroll that. Like I I can take what I know on river bottoms and I'll take it. I'll put, I mean I'll take that check to the bank in in any state I go. Not saying it's all right, but it's it's kind of one in the same you just got to figure out the terrain of where you're going well but like, you know you've you've walked enough of it you understand how that terrain right i mean you've become an expert in scouting that that area of woods right and i mean i think that's what has helped you be so successful i i i would say i agree is i if my my the fact that i've keyed into rivers like not just river but river bottoms or areas that are bordering rivers or close to water like that has been my go-to forever and when Mm. i hit the hills i do struggle but i could still i still figure it out and i still get it done but like going anywhere in the states with water access nearby i am able to work it a lot better than throwing me in the middle of just the anywhere that doesn't have a close water nearby like even if it's a flowing creek it can do wonders for being able to depict it in my opinion than just flat ground with trees all around it with ag with nothing else because the way i see it is is it it funnels the way i feel like it does is it funnels them deer through the river bottoms in a predictable manner like they have a natural line they want to follow when they're in that open terrain like out in the hills or wherever with not much of a a border of water around them it gives them a free range like they're more prone to wander and they'll have a, a longer range that they're going to cover and that they'll call, I mean, they'll still have their home range, but I feel, I feel they're more prone to just wander a lot as opposed to run a routine. Like, like how I feel the river deer do like, 
if that yeah. makes sense. I'm kind of no, I don't totally. mean to ramble, but like it's just no, the way I, 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 I notice from them here in when I go to Ohio, when I hit Indiana, when I hit Illinois, when I've been to Wisconsin and Oklahoma and all these places that's like that's what I've come with. I mean, I've I've been traveling out of state for four or five years, four years now, and it took me till the last two years to come up with what the hell I was, I think I was doing. And it's just because I was trying to piece all those places into one. When I started separating them was when I was able to start actually getting on deer and finding antlers and finding deer. And to, you know what I mean? From picking mm -hmm. up antlers to shooting them, that was when I was able to start keying in on it because I was putting all those places together like they were the same feature, and they're not. They're, they're two different worlds. My deer in the river will feed off the weirdest shit, and the deer in the hills are going to tear up my acorns. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna stick to them cedar patches and the edges of them ag fields a lot harder than they do in the river bottoms. Like them river bottom deer, they have so much natural graze, and they eat the weirdest shit. Like, I don't even know. <laughs> like, I don't understand a quarter of why I have more deer sign in the stuff that they're browsing on down here than the ag fields like they it's i think it's just a safety feature i guess they stick to that timber a lot more in the river yeah. but it's That's weird sweet, man. i don't know no i mean you i feel that because i feel like the public that is around me there's not a lot of food sources as far as ag goes and i feel like i'm chasing them all over the place all the time like i like you said, it just feels like they're just kind of wandering around doing whatever the fuck they want. And, I mean, essentially they are, but there's no no pattern or anything like that that is as easy to get on them as it is sometimes when you've got a, you know, bedding to food pattern that you can just set up in the middle and it happens. Do... Do your guys' areas like where where are you at, Logan? I'm in northern Kentucky. Northern oh yeah oh yeah, sorry, you guys are both in Kentucky. My bad. So yep. so this will apply then. So like in the in the area you guys are in, do you notice you have better summertime deer than you do mid October to obviously it probably picks up around November because that's just most properties that are holding anything will generally do that because you know the rut or whatever, but like, do you notice your better action in the earlier September times, like September to early October? Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Justin? I, I would say so. I would have to agree. I mean, just on certain parcels, I mean, I feel like for me personally, like I could have killed several decent deer, but I just haven't had the caliber of deer that I want to kill during that velvet time period. And I'm waiting. Eventually it's going to happen and I'll, I'll kill one, but, um, they are way, way more predictable, like, in velvet and that, you know, first week when they peel out of velvet. Um, I feel like I could close the deal on a couple good deer, but it's uh, having one tag here uh, really puts a damper in things because you don't want to uh, – I don't want to end my season. I love hunting, you know. I, like, if I'm going to shoot a deer on opening day, then I want it to be a good deer that I'm going to be happy with, so – I'm kind of picky, but that's just me. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Well, what do you – okay, so when they leave that September and early October, do you guys notice that 
a chunk of them stick around still, or do you get some new newcomers just, that are? They just spread out. Uh, I mean, you know, it depending it depends on what you got. Like I, I know, I had some farms, and uh, as far as public goes, no, pretty much like I've got what I have on public in early season, and then I don't seem to. They just seem to move. Um, for me and then I'll have new deer come in around late October like around the right right when they the testosterone starts to peak um, they start slipping in and then I've had some where I could have totally killed but uh, you know I didn't have cell cams or anything at the time and you know I was a day late and a dollar short by the time I went and took the trek back in public to to check my cams but then do you get those deer back in late season? Do you start notice some frequent flyers that come back late season, and then they kind of stick around come that December, January area? They kind of stick around until they start doing the same shit again in September or yeah. early season. You know, growing velvet. Yeah, I'll say that. Mm-hmm. And they see it's almost like they go back to the same exact area too, like later. Why? Where are you going with this, Austin? Um, those are properties that I wouldn't that I would consider just summer ranges so that to me that means there's not enough of a quality woods there to hold them to make it a consistent home for them so there's not enough either good cover there's too much pressure or there's not enough of a water source which there has to be if they're spending quite a bit of time there near the in the summertime so there's got to be something holding them there for that yeah with those properties, like I would say, like if you were to go in and you were to put mark down where you're plucking them late season, and then yeah. you go in and you compare it to early season data, and you like we're do like I got a 3D maps and of my properties I hunt in my room over here, and you could draw string lines I bet, and you'd be able to box in from where they're coming in at in the late season to the early season, I bet you could almost mark out the core areas where those deer are heading to in the that yeah. mid-season and stretch. And see, I get kind of screwed, man, because the, the private that I get to hunt, like, like, it's basically just the ag field and, like, a line around it. So, like, all the good bedding and stuff, I'm not allowed to hunt. So, I'm, like, kind of... <sighs> Yeah, it, it, it really sucks, dude. Like, I really need to find, and that's what me and Logan are on the same page. Like, both of us are trying to find more property this year. And the public is kind of, like, the same way. It's, like, either I've got a good spot, and then the deer are coming. I'm either catching them coming off of the private, or it, it just, like, they're there, and then they're gone. And, you know, it's it's kind of a tough it's a tough place to hunt. I will say that coming from Maryland, I, I have a little bit more challenge here. And it's, I like a challenge, but. And that's kind of crazy because I would have thought that Maryland would have been the, 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 the twister there. I would have thought that that would have been where you would have thought was tougher. Than maybe there. it's like, just like, you know, you like what you're used to. Like, I guess maybe just growing up there, I just got used to, and I like went into whatever, you know, different things work for different people, man. Like, once you figure oh, yeah. out what works, you know, and you can go off of that. I mean, that's that's a major thing I've learned from a lot, you know, knowing a lot more guys that are killers. It's like we all have our own little niche that works for us, you know what I mean? And once you find what works for you, it's like, you know, it, it just seems to to roll. Logan, you I look agree like with you that one hundred percent. Yeah, were you gonna chime in? 
I was just going to ask, do you know how many miles you put on during this like, part of the season? Oh, man. Well, I can tell you, last the week, okay, not last week, but the week prior, I had averaged about between 11 to 23 miles a day because I'd had a week off of work. But per season, I mean, it's not a thing. If I've got a weekend, I can put on over 50 miles pretty quick. I mean, like I'll put on 15 to 20 miles on a, if I start set up, I'll hit 25 by the end of the day with no problem. But my average is about between an 11 to 15 mile day, roughly. I can't like right now with the terrain. (laughs) Our terrain, well, see, and that's the thing. I hit, I hit a, when I'm putting on my good numbers of bones, like when I'm not around home, I have just properties I can just shed hunt. They, I just shed, I mean, I shed hunt for a lot of landowners that can't find them. They say, I just don't think they want to, but I'll shed hunt for them and I'll pull all their bones off their properties and I'll give them their antlers. And my, I just like picking up antlers, so it don't matter to me. And, um, I go out Western and it's not just, I don't get lucky and just get flatland. I get this bluffs. I mean, I get to walk yeah. straight up. It's like I'm in Southern Ohio sometimes. I'm walking, not a quite mountains or nothing, but I'm walking straight up hills. I'm belly crawling through cedar thick, cedar draws. Like I'm dropping down in bowls. I'm power sliding and tucking and, and rolling head over heels down icy slopes. And it's, I mean, it gets kind of brutal, but like, when I went out west this last weekend, I went to it. I didn't even know this guy owned the other part of the property until he told me. It didn't look like it on the map. Well, I went and hit the uh, the northeast side, and it was straight, like, 100 acres of CRP split into ag. And then it just drops off into this hole. And it's just an up-and-down hole the whole way. And I didn't find a single antler for over 12 – or, I'm sorry, not 12 miles. It was – Maybe it was like 11, something around there. It was in the double digits, and it was at the furthest end of the property that was the closest to the road that I didn't even know a road ran through there. Oh, man. Yeah, and then I had to huff it all the way back because I was like, well, there's got to be a giant out here. I was like, this is big big open yeah. terrain. I was like, I always find my biggest shed. Nah, man, I didn't find yeah. shit. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I hate that, dude. Shit. Yeah, what do you shit. What are you looking for? Uh, I think for like some of our guests that maybe are like new to shed hunting, um, what are some things you're looking for when you're looking for sheds and how often are you looking ahead of you instead of down at the ground? I, I'm a bad one for that just because like when I'm trying to, when I've taught my buddies to shed hunt, like, and then I've helped people, I always try to give them a, a range of like five to seven feet to be looking and don't ever try to look out so far, you know, that's the, but I always teach them to look for the smallest instead is like the way I see it. I look for glimpses of real bone. Like everything can look like a shed or a stick, you know, or tips. But when you see a real antler, there is no mistaking that that's 100% an antler because I've had, I don't know how to explain it without like physically or like showing it. But like, you know, if you see that antler, you think it's a twig nine times out of 10, that son of a bitch is a twig. Right. I got fooled pretty hard today, honestly. I took a video of it, and dude, this son of a bitch looked identical to like a chalky antler sticking up, and I, I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" I, I, I was, I like glassed this ridge, and 
I like looked over at it and I was like, oh, that's definitely an antler. And I'm just walking up and I'm like, oh, maybe I'll just film it. And uh, I'm like, son of a bitch. Like, man, I have not, I have not had that, uh, that problem in a long time. (laughs) So like what I, what I try to um, teach or show or or just do myself is I, I look for the smallest shit I can because like the tip of the antler like maybe just, just a tine yeah just a simple tine or i i even just a glint of like a beam and i try to focus on just like not just white like obviously not just white like i try to focus on a tan a tone like i just put a color in my head of like the antlers and that i'm trying to find which unless it'll be different colors but like just like what i usually would pick up i try to keep that in my head so I can pick through, like, I, I try to preach to look, you know, eight feet in front of you and don't look too far out wide because you'll fucking step right on them or you'll step right past yeah. them and you won't even see it. But I, I can't, I'm a bad person to say it because I don't do that. I, yeah. I mean, I, I scan far, but I do it quick and I do it, I, but I get it. I don't know why. I don't know how my ADHD ass does it, but I literally can be walking through anywhere from my slow speed to my speed walking speed and I will scan like 30 yards out and I, I will snag them 30 to 60 yards away like I've taken four to five videos this year of sniping scrubs like like where the hell's my camera at? there we go like scrubs like little peckerheads like spikes I spotted a spike on, on the same color as the sand over 60 plus yards away and I had no idea it was going to be a spike, but like I caught a glimpse of that tine in on the sandbar in the middle of broad day, sun in my eyes. And I went over there and sniped that baby up. And then the next like three or four days later, I'd walked 11 and a half miles and didn't pick up a single antler. And I was pissed. I was like, this is bullshit. I know there's antlers here. I'm speed walking. I'm just jotting out of here. I'm tired. My feet are killing me. I'm going fast as shit. And as I crest over a knob, 50 yards from where I found that spike, boom, there's a scrub right there. And it was in the middle of a pile of sticks. There's no way I, like, I was about to step right on the son of a bitch. And as my eyes turned to glass the sandbar, I picked it up. But I I don't know. I I don't know how to explain it, but it's like the key. I think the more you do it, the better you get at it, honestly. The more sheds, (laughs) like, you, you, it really is. Because I know, like, I've taken people out that like haven't found them and I've literally watched them step over sheds and I'm like, you just, you just lost one. I think sometimes having that five to seven foot view is also better than just looking straight down. Like you kind of want to look a little bit ahead of you and just do a little bit of scanning. And I look for either like a bend of the main beam or tines like, but I feel like I always try to find tines and that, that seems to be a big help for me. But, always stop always stop yep that's stop all I can and turn preach. around every once in a while like that's another yes. thing I've, I've i've picked up a few like that just turning around but dude mm. uh we're getting uh we're getting close to timing out on this one i know logan has one one question for you and i got one more and um yeah go ahead, i was logan. just gonna ask you uh you know you spend so much time during the season chasing these deer and stuff like, what is it that uh, drives you to 
now go out this time of year, you know, instead of just waiting for turkey season or whatever. And really, I mean, you're putting in a lot of work. Um, you know, you said 11 plus miles a day, something like that. And, um, you know, what is it that keeps you in the game to be able to do that? I don't, I never want to stop learning. Um, I, hunting is more than the hunting to me, but like, I always feel like there's more to know and there, you never know when stuff's changing. And for me, I, I like to know, it's going to sound weird, but like, I like to know my victim, like, like the, what I'm intending to do. I want to learn and know as much about it as I can. And I don't feel I can ever stop. And there's nothing more refreshing to me than going out and finding a fresh bed, a fresh sign and learning more about something that I didn't know that next day. And you just never know. That's my biggest thing is you just never know what's there. Like, I could be on the same ground for five years and never see this big deer and something pops up. And that might me going out that extra day might be the reason I find it. And if I didn't go out as much as I do, I don't think I'd have as much of the good luck chasing these deer during the hunting season as I, as I, as I have. I, I think that's what makes my ability. I'm not very efficient. I mean, I ain't like no big killer or nothing, but I, make the most of my time when I am in the woods and I've cut it down a lot from hunting all the time to where I pick my days for the most part, unless I'm bored and don't have anything to do for a week. I hunt every day. Yeah. So shed hunting has really helped your success. 100%. Like yes. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I, if I didn't shed hunt as much as I do, I don't think I would have a quarter, I'd even half of the success that I've had in the years since I've started just because mm -hmm. it, it, it's not just picking up antlers. I mean, the antlers are just a consolation prize. Yeah. It's the shit you pick up on where you're getting them, where I'm right. picking up the beds, where I'm picking up the sign, because a quarter of what you find during this late season, in my opinion, and I'm not a professional. I don't know shit. Uh, you know, some people do, but you're a professional. In my, fuck. Depends <laughs> on who you ask, I guess. But, but like what you find in this off season when they're winding down, they're chilling is, what you're going to can paint a big picture for that early season. So we get September. I know Kentucky starts in September and this is the most important time of the year to know your deer, because this is what they're, they're, they're literally leaving you <clears throat> a puzzle. It's just whether you put it together or not. Like if, right. if you, if you focus and hit these early, late seasons after they're done hard, I don't give a shit what people say about the damage it can do. They can go somewhere because it'll it'll if you push them off they'll come back. But oh, I don't give yeah, a shit if the deer are there sure. right now or not. It's they were no. there and I they're mean, leaving. I've those bumped ones. several deer out of beds and found sheds in those beds like a week or two later. So I mean, hell yeah, it's it it's, doesn't it's, matter. This this sets the pace for me and and what I do is this late season shit. Like this mm -hmm. is what I I I I, I mean Help I do set you up for your success. Yeah, and, and yeah. it does. It, it's just what I build off of. Like, if I were to take a pin and drop it, all the shit I find during the off season, right. and put it to what where I have success during the actual season, it plays a giant chunk of the factor. I mean, yeah. between the beds and and the like the hubs that they're acts like how they're using it and how these bucks are coming into them, I found right. everything in this off season. Exactly. Or turkey I mean, hunting. <laughs> or turkey hunting. Right. Dude, I got one last question for you. What is your wildest shed hunting story? Like, what is the wildest thing you found or wildest day you had? 
Shit. Um, damn, that's a really tough one because I've found some pretty wild sheds and I've had some pretty badass shed days. Um, well, now, let's Drew- just say maybe like off topic, like not even like shed related, like, but you were shed hunting and you had this wild ass story. Like, have you had any wild experiences while you're shed hunting? Like, <sighs> yeah, found some we weird ha- stuff. Well, we have found some weird <laughs> shit. Yeah, um, I have too. I did some really off the wall shit. Um, <laughs> I don't know if there's, there's just a lot of things that have happened. I mean, we've been shot at, we've been chased, we've been, and, and some of them was actually by a landowner that didn't even realize it was us. Oh, man. <laughs> they were tired of people stealing their shit, and we have been gunned down, pedaled to the wood. And then he comes up, and I'm, like, fucking waving my hands and trying to get him to chill. And we got antlers in our hands, and then he's even more pissed because oh, he thinks man, these people aren't supposed to be that. here. And, yeah. and then he, I'm, like, fucking yelling his name, and he gets over there, and he goes, oh, shit, I didn't realize it's you guys. I'm like, yeah. He goes, damn, I didn't hit you. I was like, no. He's like, I wasn't trying to hit you. I just wanted to scare you guys. He goes, but now I feel bad because you guys aren't the ones stealing my shit. I was like, no, <laughs> we're the ones that you gave permission, like – he goes, good lord, dude. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah, you know, we've been stuff like that, but that's happened in Ohio too. We were deer hunting and been shot at in Ohio, but that's another story. But uh, honestly, there's been a lot of weird stuff we found. I mean, I, everything from gargantuan uh, lady pleasers to <laughs> to 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 to, to with gloves, and I mean, we have found some shit. Yeah. But I think being chased at by the landowner that, that gave us probably permission is was probably what icing on the cake. But um, yeah, we well, I, I, you know what? At one time, we did find in Nebraska didn't have no wild pigs, but we did find a, a pig with like tusks, skull in the middle of absolutely nowhere, no pig farms nearby or nothing. Granted, I don't know if there could have been at one time, but that was pretty different of one of the things we found. That's pretty I cool. just found a dead cow last weekend that fell off a cliff. It's kind of random. Yeah. You'll find yeah. cows out here all day. <laughs> I, I just, I was just like kind of surprised by that. I was just glassing this ridge line and I was like, holy crap, there's a, a, like a dead cow just sitting there. I mean, you guys got a lot of, a lot of cattle that way or no? Um, it, it's a mixture, man. There's a lot of cattle. There's a lot of ag, um, but uh, it's it just depends on where you're at i mean honestly like there's a lot of tobacco they they grow all kinds of stuff around here there's hemp oh, tobacco yeah. beans corn cattle i mean it I bet just depends on what area you are what's that i bet they like them hemp fields a lot <laughs> i don't know i haven't got to see any uh personally here but i've heard there's like a bunch of them in different counties around but speaking of hemp, I'm going to close it out with my, my uh, wildest uh, find. I was uh, doing a suburban uh, shed hunt one time in Baltimore, right? Like Baltimore, Maryland. And uh, I'm in the hood, dude. Like it's it's in the hood. But I worked at this nursing home, and I've seen freaking giants. Like, And I found a, I found a hammer shed in there like a couple years before this, this happened. So it was one of my regular spots I would go to. Well, I found this old, you know, the stump feeders? that like you know it's just like a stump that's styrofoam dude i uh i went and i i found this stump feeder in the middle of the woods i opened it up and it's got like you know the giant pickle jars like the huge ones that are yeah like, uh, maybe a gallon or two dude it was completely full of weed 
and <laughs> and I guess homeboy like left it there, and it wasn't like it was like ancient, like it had mold in the jar and everything. Aww. I don't know if he got busted or what happened, but <laughs> I I mean it was hilarious. Like I'm like just cracking up with my buddy. I'm like, look at this, like, and uh, yeah, but just you never know what you're gonna find out there, guys. <laughs> the old cheese weed. <laughs> Oh shit! I was like, I think Homeboy got locked up and uh, forgot about his stash in the woods or something. But that or that that or he uh, was trying to hide it from like mom and dad or something. Probably forgot. (laughs) That was an awful Uh, lot. I mean, if you ask me, but but dude, it's been a blast having you on, Austin. Uh, I can't thank you enough for joining us tonight, man. Uh, How can some of our listeners uh, keep up with you? What uh, what's like your Instagram handle? Uh, Austin Summers. 402 or you can follow the film the outdoors and um i'm just austin on facebook but and then i think that's about it unless you guys want to party with snapchat that's where the music happens <laughs> that's where all that's where the shed ventures happen DM, that's where you'll DM, get the un- uh, austin for yeah. for the uh snapchat but yeah, <laughs> yeah I it's not the most appropriate one. handle <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, but dude, it's been a blast, man. Thank you so much for, for coming on here. Um, I hope, uh, hope some of our listeners walked away with some good stuff and, uh, we'll definitely try and have you back on deer and deer, uh, deer season, man. And, uh, we'll catch up with you. Dude, that sounds good. Also, by the way, if you guys want to come down and shoot some badass turkeys, you need to come down here and I'll put you on some serious bird hunts. Hell I yeah. I kid you not. All right. I will take you Cause up there's on that. what. There's one thing we do right in Nebraska, and that's fucking shoot some chickens, boy. I tell you what. I tell you what. There, ain't, there, there is more videos of turkeys getting smashed back-to-back than there is of any deer shed I could ever put out. Like, yeah, we get down on the birds, and I've got yeah, plenty. <laughs> I'm down so, with that. But don't be scared of mountain lions, just so. Because all right, that was the one story I forgot. We'll be packing, so yeah, good. All right, brother. I'll catch up with you soon, man. man. Thanks again. Sounds good. Nice talking with you guys. Yes, sir.